Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles original edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, or if you mouse the link to, at top for online edition, you'll see the link to read A Course in Miracles OE. Also on that web page, there's a tab entitled Lesson Sign Up. And there you can subscribe to have both daily text reading and the lesson for the day sent to you from the Course in Miracles Society. My name is Lori Cameron. This call is Monday through Friday from about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern. And today we are reading in Chapter 7, The Consistency of the Kingdom, Section 5, The Recognition of Truth. We're also mindful of our lesson today, Lesson 79. Let me recognize the problem so it can be solved. We'll pause at the top of the hour to reflect on that lesson. So if anyone would like to consider uh, leading us in reflections this morning, that would be most welcome. Uh, by way of opening this morning, I stumbled happily upon this piece. Oops, there it is. Uh, in the works Choose Only Love, channeled by Sebastian Blacksley in book number two, called Let Yourself Be Loved. And in that work, we're told, you are not where you are by chance. Nothing is an accident. You are in this time because you chose to be in it, in perfect harmony with the will of God. This is because what you are has the power and potential to contribute to the plan of atonement in a unique and particular way. You are not where you are by chance. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lori. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lori. In a particular way. You betcha. I was happy to find that this morning. Okay, my friends, here's our reading list. Today we have Charles, Robin Marie, Karen, Sandra, and Harrison. We're joined in listening by Judy. And I don't see any other callers yet. So, um, oops, I just did. Good morning. Okay, our caller is quiet. So here we go, in chapter 7, The Consistency of the Kingdom, The Recognition of Truth, section 5, beginning with paragraph 26. God's meaning waits in the kingdom because that is where he placed it. It does not wait in time. It merely rests in the kingdom because it belongs there, as you do. How can you, who are God's meaning, perceive yourselves as absent from it. You can see yourself as separated from your meeting only by experiencing yourself as unreal. This is why the ego is insane. It teaches you that you are not what you are. This is so contradictory that it is clearly impossible. It is therefore a lesson which you cannot really learn and therefore cannot really teach. Yet, you are always teaching. 
You must therefore be teaching something else as well, even though the ego does not know what it is. Uh, Charles. Thank you, Laurie. Chapter 7, Section 5, The Recognition of Truth. Verse 26. God's meaning waits in the kingdom because that is where he placed it. It does not wait in time. It merely rests in the kingdom because it belongs there as you do. How can you who are God's meaning perceive yourself as absence from it? You can see yourself as separate from your meaning only by experiencing yourself as unreal. This is why the ego is insane. It teaches that you are not what you are. This is so contradictory that it is clearly impossible. It is therefore a lesson which you cannot really learn and therefore cannot really teach. Yet you are always teaching. You must therefore be teaching something else as well, even though the ego does not know what it is. 27. The ego, then, is always being undone and does suspect your motives. Your mind cannot be unified in allegiance to the ego because the mind does not belong to it. Yet what is, quote, treacherous, end quote, to the ego is faithful to peace. The ego's, quote, enemy is therefore your friend. We said before that the ego's friend is not part of you, since the ego perceives itself at war and therefore in need of allies. You who are not at war must look to your brothers and recognize all whom you see as your brothers, because only equals are at peace. Thank you. Thank you, Charles. And Robin Marie. Twenty-seven. The ego, then, is always being undone and does suspect your motives. Your mind cannot be unified in allegiance to the ego because the mind does not belong to it. Yet what is, quote, treacherous, unquote, to the ego is faithful to peace. The ego's, quote, enemy, unquote, is therefore your friend. We said before that the ego's friend is not part of you, since the ego perceives itself as at war and therefore in need of allies. You, who are not at war, must look for brothers and recognize all whom you see as brothers, because only equals are at peace. 28. Because God's equal sons have everything, they cannot compete. Yet if they perceive any of their brothers as anything other 
than their perfect equals, the idea of competition has entered their minds. Do not underestimate your need to be vigilant against this idea because all your conflicts come from it. It is the belief that conflicting interests are possible and therefore you have accepted the impossible as true. How is that different from saying that you are perceiving yourself as unreal? Thank you, Robin Marie and Karen. 28. Because God's son, excuse me, because God's equal sons have everything, they cannot compete. Yet if they perceive any of their brothers as anything other than their perfect equals, the idea of competition has entered their minds. Do not underestimate your need to be vigilant against this idea because all your conflicts come from it. It is the belief that conflicting interests are possible and therefore you have accepted the impossible as true. How is that different from saying that you are perceiving yourself as unreal? 29. To be in the kingdom is merely to focus your full attention on it. As long as you believe that you can attend to what is not true, you are accepting conflict as your choice. Is it really a choice? It seems to be, but seeming and reality are hardly the same. You, who are the kingdom, are not concerned with seeming. Reality is yours, because you are reality. This is how having and being are ultimately reconciled, not in the kingdom, but in your minds. The altar there is the only reality. The altar is perfectly clear in thought because it is a reflection of perfect thought. It sees only brothers because it sees only in its own light. Thank you, Karen and Sandra. To be in the kingdom is merely to focus your full attention on it. As long as you believe that you can attend to what is not true, you are not you are accepting conflict as your choice. It is really a choice. It seems to be but seeming sorry. It seems to be, but seeming and reality are hardly the same. You who are the kingdom are not concerned with seeming. Reality is yours because you are reality. This is how having and being are ultimately reconciled. Not in the kingdom, but in your minds. The altar there is the only reality. The altar is perfectly clear in thought because it is a reflection of the perfect, of perfect thought. It sees only brothers because it sees only in its own light. 30. 
God has lit your minds himself and keeps your minds lit by his light because his light is what your minds are. This is totally beyond question, and when you question it, you were answered. The answer merely undoes the question by establishing the fact that to question reality is to question meaninglessly. That is why the Holy Spirit never questions. His sole function is to undo the questionable and thus lead to certainty. The certain are perfectly calm because they are not in doubt. They do not raise questions because nothing questionable enters their minds. This holds them in perfect serenity because this is what they share, knowing what they are. Thank you, Sandra. And Harrison. Thirty. God has lit your minds himself and keeps your minds lit by his light because his light is what your minds are. This is totally beyond question. And when you question it, you were answered. The answer merely undoes the question by establishing the fact that to question reality is to question meaninglessly. That is why the Holy Spirit never questions. Its own function is to undo the questionable and thus lead to certainty. The certain are perfectly calm because they're not in doubt. They do not raise questions because nothing questionable enters their minds. This holds them in perfect serenity because this is what they share, knowing what they are. 31. As has so often been said, killing is both an art and a science. It is an art because it depends on inspiration in the sense that we have already used the term. Inspiration is the opposite of the spiriting and therefore means to make joyous. The dispirited are depressed because they believe they are literally, quote, without the spirit, unquote, which is an illusion. You do not put the spirit in them by inspiring them because that would be magic and therefore would not be real healing. You do, however, Recognize the spirit that is already there and thereby reawaken it. This is why the killer is part of the resurrection and the life. 
The spirit is not asleep in the minds of the sick, but the part of the mind that can perceive it and be glad is. Thank you, Harrison. And would there be a new reader for 31 and 32? New reader for paragraph 31 and 32. I can join in, Lori. Thank you. As has so often been said, healing is both an art and a science. It is an art because it depends on inspiration in the sense that we have already used the term Inspiration is the opposite of despiriting and therefore means to make joyous. The dispirited are depressed because they believe that they are literally without the spirit, which is an illusion. You do not put the spirit in them by inspiring them because that would be magic and therefore would not be real healing. You do However, recognize the spirit that is already there and thereby reawaken it. This is why the healer is part of the resurrection and the life. The spirit is not asleep in the minds of the sick, but the part of the mind that can perceive it and be glad is. Healing is also a science because it obeys the laws of God, whose laws are true. Because they are true, they are perfectly dependable and therefore universal in application. The real aim of science is neither prediction nor control, but only understanding. This is because it does not establish the laws it seeks, cannot discover them through prediction, and has no control over them at all. Science is nothing more than approach than an approach to what already is, sort of after the fact. <laughs> like inspiration, it can be misunderstood as magic and will be whenever it is undertaken. Is separate from what already is and perceived as a means for establishing it. To believe this is possible is to believe that you can do it, and this can only be the voice of the ego. <laughs> I love this book. Thank you, Judy. And is there another new reader then for 32 and 33? This is what we need to join. I can do it 32 and 33. Um, I'm in Thank between you. things that I'm doing. Um, <laughs> sure. Um, okay, 32. Healing is also a science because it obeys the laws of God, whose laws are true. Because they are true, they are perfectly dependable and therefore universal in application. The real aim of science is neither prediction nor control, but only understanding. 
This is just because it does not establish the laws it seeks, cannot discover them through prediction, and has no control over them at all. Science is nothing more than an approach to what already is. Like inspiration, it can be misunderstood as magic and will be whenever it is undertaken as separate from what already is and perceived as a means for establishing it. To believe this is possible is to believe you can do it. This can only be the voice of the ego. In 33, truth can only be recognized and need only be recognized. Inspiration is of the spirit and certainty is of God according to his laws. Both, therefore, come from the same source. Since inspiration comes from the voice for God, and certainty comes from the laws of God. Healing does not come directly from God, who knows his creations as perfectly whole. Yet healing is, nevertheless, of God, because it proceeds from his voice and from his laws. It is their result in a state of mind which does not know him. The state is unknown to him and therefore does not exist. But those who sleep are stupefied or better, unaware. Because they are unaware, they do not know. Thank you, Reverend Rija. And just another new reader for 33 and 34. Hey, Charles. Thank you. 33. Truth can only be recognized and need only be recognized. Inspiration of the spirit and certainty is of God according to his laws. Both, therefore, come from the same source because inspiration comes from the voice for God and certainty comes from the laws of God. Healing does not come directly from God who knows his creations as perfectly whole. Yet healing is, nevertheless, of God because it proceeds from his voice and from his laws. It is their result in a state of mind which does not know him. The state is unknown to him and therefore does not exist. But those who sleep are stupefied or better, unaware. And because they are unaware, they do not know. The Holy Spirit must work through you to teach you He is in you. This is an intermediary step toward the knowledge that you are in God because you are part of Him. The miracles which, which the Holy Spirit inspires can have no order of difficulty 
because every part of creation is of one order. This is God's will and yours. The laws of God establish this, and the Holy Spirit reminds you of it. When you heal, you are remembering the laws of God and forgetting the laws of the ego. We said before that forgetting is merely a way of remembering better. It is therefore not the opposite of remembering when it is properly perceived. Perceived improperly, it induces a perception of conflict with something else, as all incorrect perception does. Properly perceived, it can be used as a way out of conflict, as all proper perception can. Thank you. Thank you, Charles and Robin Bree. Thirty-four. The Holy Spirit must work through you to teach you He is in you. This is an intermediary intermediary step toward the knowledge that you are in God because you are part of him. The miracles which the Holy Spirit inspires can have no order of difficulty because every part of creation is of one order. This is God's will and yours. The laws of God establish this and the Holy Spirit reminds you of it. When you heal, you are remembering the laws of God and forgetting the laws of the ego. We said before that forgetting is merely a way of remembering better. It is therefore not the opposite of remembering when it is properly perceived. Perceived improperly, it induces a perception of conflict with something else as all incorrect perception does. Properly perceived, it can be used as a way out of conflict, as all perception can, all proper perception can. 35. All abilities, then, should be given over to the Holy Spirit, who knows how to use them properly. He can use them only for healing, because he knows you only as whole. By healing, you learn of wholeness. And by learning of wholeness, you learn to remember God. You have forgotten him, but the Holy Spirit still knows that your forgetting must be translated into a way of remembering and not perceived as a separate ability which opposes an opposite. That is the way in which the ego tries to use all abilities since its goal is always to make you believe that you are in opposition. Thank you, Robin Marie. And Karen. 35. All abilities, then, should be given over to the Holy Spirit who knows how to use them properly. He can use them only for healing because he knows you 
only as whole. By healing, you learn of wholeness. And by learning of wholeness, you learn to remember God. You have forgotten him, but the Holy Spirit still knows that your forgetting must be translated into a way of remembering and not perceived as a separate ability which opposes an opposite. That is the way in which the ego tries to use all abilities, since its goal is always to make you believe that you are in opposition. 36. The ego's goal is as unified as the Holy Spirit's, and it is because of this that their goals can never be reconciled in any way or to any extent. The ego always seeks to divide and separate. The Holy Spirit always seeks to unify and heal. As you heal, you are healed because the Holy Spirit sees no order of healing. Healing is the way to undo the belief in differences, being the only way of perceiving the sonship without this belief. I'm going to read that again. Healing is the way to undo the belief in differences, being the only way of perceiving the sonship without this belief. This perception is therefore in accord with the laws of God, even in a state of mind which is out of accord with his. The strength of right perception is so great that it brings the mind into accord with his because it yields to his pull, which is in all of you. Thank you, Karen. And Sandra. The ego's goal is as unified as the Holy Spirit's, and it is because of this that their goals can never be reconciled in any way or to any extent. The ego always seeks to divide and separate. The Holy Spirit always seeks to unify and heal. As you heal, you are healed because the Holy Spirit sees no order of healing. Healing is the way to undo the belief in differences, being the only way to perceive the sonship without this belief. This perception is therefore in accord with the laws of God, even in a state of mind which is out of accord with His. The strength of right perception is so great that it brings the mind into accord with His because it yields to His pull, which is in all of you. To oppose the pull or will of God is not an ability, but a real delusion. The ego believes that it has the ability, it, that it has this ability and can offer it to you as a gift. You do not want it. It is not a gift. It is nothing at all. God has given you a gift which you both have and are. When you do not use it, you do not know you have it. By knowing this, you do not know what you are. Healing, then, is a way of approaching knowledge by thinking in accordance 
with the laws of God and recognizing their universality. Without this recognition, you have made the laws themselves meaningless to you. Yet the laws are not meaningless, since all meaning is contained by them and in them. Thank you, Sandra. And Harrison. 37. To oppose the pull or the will of God is not an ability, but a real delusion. The ego believes that it has this ability and can offer it to you as a gift. You do not want it. It is not a gift. It is nothing at all. God has given you a gift which you both have and are. When you do not use it, you do not know you have it. By not knowing this, you do not know what you are. Healing, then, is a way of approaching knowledge by thinking in accordance with the laws of God and recognizing their universality. Without this recognition, you have made the laws themselves meaningless to you. Yet, the laws are not meaningless, since all meaning is contained by them and in them. 38. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, because that is where the laws of God operate truly, and they can operate only truly, since they are the laws of truth. But seek this only, because you can find nothing else. There is nothing else. God is all in all, in a very literal sense. All being is in him who is all being. You are therefore in him since your being is his. Healing is a way of forgetting the sense of danger the ego has induced in you by not recognizing its existence in your brothers. This strengthens the Holy Spirit in both you because it is a refusal to acknowledge fear. Love needs only this invitation. It comes freely to all the sonship, being what the sonship is. By your Awakening to it, you are merely forgetting what you are not. 
This enables you to remember what you are. That's what I want. Amen. Thank you, Harrison. Hi, Judy. All together now. (laughs) Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, because that is where the laws of God operate truly. And they can operate only truly, since they are the laws of truth. But seek this only, because you can find nothing else. There is nothing else. God is all in all in a very literal sense. All being is in him who is all being. You are therefore in him since your being is his. Healing is a way of forgetting the sense of danger the ego has induced in you by not recognizing its existence in your brother's. This strengthens the Holy Spirit in both of you because it is a refusal to acknowledge fear. Love needs only this invitation. It comes freely to all the sonship, being what the sonship is. By your awakening to it, you are merely forgetting what you are not. This enables you to remember what you are. Amen. Amen, indeed. And you know what? Um, I think before making an attempt to summarize this, it would serve us best if we stopped right here. Right here. (laughs) And served up Lesson 79. Let me recognize the problem so it can be solved. So we asked before if anyone would give some thought to leading our reflection this morning. I wonder if anyone would like to volunteer, please. This is Sandra. I can. Oh, thank you, Sandra. Part one, lesson 79. Let me recognize the problem so it can be solved. A problem cannot be solved if you do not know what it is. Even if it is really solved already, you will still have the problem because you cannot recognize that it has been solved. This is the situation of the world. The problem of separation, which is really the only problem, has already been solved but the solution is not recognized because the problem is not recognized. Everyone in the world seems to have his own special problem, yet they are all the same and must be recognized as one if the one solution which solves them all is not accepted. This is the position in which you find yourself now, You have the answer, but you are still uncertain about what the problem is. The temptation to regard problems as many is the temptation 
to keep the problem of separation unsolved. The world seems to present you with a vast number of problems, each requiring a different answer. This perception places you in a position in which your problem solving must be inadequate and failure must be inevitable. No one could solve all the problems the world appears to hold. Dismay and depression are inevitable as you regard them. Some spring up unexpectedly, just as you think you have resolved the previous one. Others remain unsolved under a cloud of denial and rise to haunt you from time to time, only to be hidden again, but still unsolved. All this complexity is but a desperate attempt not to recognize the problem, and therefore not to let it be solved. Perceiving the underlying constancy in all the problems which confront you, you would understand that you have the means to solve them all. And you would use the means because you recognize the problem. In our, longest practice, in our longer practice period today, we will ask what the problem is and what the answer to it. We will ask what it is, what it is and wait for the answer. We will be told. Then we will ask for the situation, for the solution to it, and we will be told. Our exercises for today will be successful to the extent to which we do not insist on defining the problem. Perhaps we will not succeed in letting all our preconceived notions go, but that is not necessary. All that is necessary is to entertain some doubt about the reality of our vision of what our problems all are. <clears throat> the shorter practice periods for today will not be set by time, but by need. You will see many problems today, each one calling for an answer. Our efforts will be directed towards recognizing that there is only one problem and one answer. Be not deceived by the form of problems today. Whenever any difficulty seems to rise, tell yourself quickly, let me recognize this problem so it can be solved. Then try to to suspend all judgment about what the problem is. If possible, close your eyes for a moment and ask, what is it? You will be heard and you will be answered. Let me recognize the problem so it can be solved. Let's take a minute.
Let me recognize the problem so it can be solved. Well, for me, Amen. the problem... For me, the Thank problem is... Thanks, Sucker. Oh, you're welcome. The problem is, 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 is me not fully relying on my relationship with God and God's truth and God's laws. Because I was brought up under the ego's laws <laughs> and, um, and, and all they did was cause me much more and more suffering. And once I started to trust and rely on the truth that's in this book and to apply it to the best of my ability, I began to strengthen my relationship with my Creator. And once that relationship was strengthened, I was able to solve my problems. One of the things that I learned was there were no, it wasn't a quick solution. (laughs) It required patience and trusting and relying on God and God only. I'm complete. Oh, thank, thank you, Sandra. You. That was beautiful. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you. Thank you, Sandra, for leading us. That beautiful. was beautiful. This is uh, Charles here. Oh, go ahead. Go, Charles. I want to hear you. <laughs> thank you. Um, from what I received from this lesson today is to recognize a problem that blocks my awareness to the light of God's love in my brother who's lit by the light of God's love but not to understand the problem as something other than just to recognize what the true problem really is as something that interferes with our equality and love loves equally for both of us. My feelings, what I'm hearing here is, as I recognize the problem for what it's doing, and not all the judgments and reasons I gave for the problem, when I let go of all those judgments and reasons, I just really see it as something that's blocking our true love for one another. Then I offer to the Holy Spirit that he may undo it for me. Because I'm not trying to adjust the problem or give it excuses for being having any kind of reality. Because I want to see it as something that has no reality in me. With that, I'm complete. Thank you. Thank you, Charles. Thank you, Charles. This is how I'm just saying. You know, the the course always amazes me that it can just sort of zero in on whatever uh, the real issue is. And 
Jesus is very particular in how he uses our language. Um, the lesson title, Let Me Recognize the Problem. So it can be solved. The problem. I think I have lots of problems. So why is he focusing on one problem? So he's he's very particular here. There is only one problem. And he emphasizes this in this lesson and in the next. The world tells me that there are lots of problems political problems, legal problems, uh, health problems, financial problems, you name it. And the world can keep me focused on trying to solve every individual problem. And by doing that, it 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 distracts me from recognizing that there is only one problem. And the Course tells me that the problem is my mind's belief that I'm separated from God and that I'm this orphan out here on my own trying to figure out how to solve this myriad of problems that I see. Which app do you want to listen to this on? And it keeps me focused on those problems. Which app do you want to listen to this on? Oops. That's another problem. The ego has taken the single thought of separation and teaches me that it's not in my mind, but in the world. It's fragmented that thought into billions and billions of different expressions of the one problem each calling for a particular answer. Each problem wants my attention and demands that it be solved in its own way. Extremely frustrating. Because the problem, no matter what I do, remains there. It's like that game at the carnival where you push down on one little monkey head and another one pops up. 
and you're constantly pushing them down. Whack-a-mole. Whack-a-mole, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) That's a beautiful (laughs) game. That's what I'm doing. That's the game I play. And this ensures that the external problem can never really be solved. A problem cannot be solved if I don't know what it is. And I'm so thankful for this lesson, for this course that is telling me that I have one problem. There is one problem, one solution. The problem is believing I'm separate from God and from all my brothers and sisters. And it ain't true. I'm complete. Oh, so good. Thank you, Thank Harrison. you. That's great. So Thank you, Harrison. I just want to add to Harrison, there's 8 billion versions of our planet but there's only one planet. I love what Harrison says about the billions and billions of ways of seeing things. And just think there's 8 billion people here and there's only one planet. The 8 billion different version of God's witness here, God's light, God's love shining through 8 billion people. Wow, thank you. Thank you. Good point. Thank you, Charles. Hi, it's Jude. I have um, just been contemplating the real world and the way the Course describes it and seeking and seeking only the truth that, that I seek to see the real world by looking through the eyes of Christ, looking through the eyes of vision. And um, to know that perception, perception of form is deception. You know, that the body, the body is a sensorial receiver and it takes in what it perceives through the senses from within itself and it's so limited and so personal that's how it interprets the world when we look through it through looking through the body and the body's eyes and the brain so here we go we're we're in this body and this brain and then we've got vision we've got vision which is god's gift to us the holy spirit's vision and the Holy Spirit's knowledge of the truth of who and what we are in God and who 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 knows what I need and who knows what I what I I want in truth who knows that I need nothing and can want nothing because I am perfect perfect idea in the mind of God perfect spirit in in the mind of God mind in the service of the spirit which is inspiration I'm inspired to love everything as myself 
And all I can see is the wonder and beauty of it. Or I can look through the ego's eyes from my little personal point of view and say, I like this or I don't like that and I want this to be different and I want you to be different. And it's in all of it, all perception is, all perception is interpretation. And to recognize that, and, and that's where, where I come to, I came and I came to and I came, came to be aware of who and what I am in truth that I can see truly, true perception without judging anything. And, and that perception is, is undone. Perception is an interpretation or a distortion of reality, letting go of the belief that I'm a body, that you are a body, and seeing this, this um, you know, the, 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 the goals that the, the ego's thought system have to divide and differentiate and to compare and compete all is why all this conflict is happening in this world. My opinion's better than yours, or the way I think is more constructive or more helpful. I mean, even, even in doing good, we can get into conflict. So this relinquishment of judgment and asking truly one who knows who knows what it is I, I should do or think or should say or where I should be. And, of course, having everything and being everything, where do I need to go and what do I need to do? If I really sit down with the truth of that, God has given me everything. I am everything, and my being is being one with everything. There's nothing, absolutely nothing to be in conflict with because everything is me, and I love it as, as God's expressing it through him, himself. It's God being, everything is God being it's himself. This is a wonderful section of the text that, um, did I lose my place? Oh, to be in the kingdom. Oh, I love the line about seeming. You who are the kingdom are not concerned with seeming. What seems to be or what appears. What seems to be or what appears. Those two phrases happen hundreds of times in the text. And what seems to be is what seems to be to the body's interpretation of perception. What seems to be. I don't really know what's going on here, and I don't understand it. And... And the idea that somewhere in the text, and I read it again this morning, that says we made this body as an instrument of perception. And then we don't understand the messages of God that are sent through the messages of love, that we're perceiving through the messages of fear. It's a fearful interpretation. And how, how can I receive the messages of love unless I'm receiving and, and sending them through, through my um, vision and through hearing the voice of God. So my problem is, and it's my problem and nobody else's, that I know the difference and I choose one or the other. And if I choose one, the ego's way of perceiving and, and um, thinking I am somebody separate in the world, 
and perceiving the whole world through that perception, then I've got a lot of problems, don't I? I've got a lot of problems, constant state of adjusting and, and worrying and trying to control. And, you know, that anxiety is, is inherent in, the, in being separate. The, the whole dream is separate. And the whole dream is a dream of fear, the dream of judgment, comparing, evaluating, trying to figure it out. I don't have to figure anything out. If I'm looking through the eyes of Christ and hearing the voice of God in me, I have nothing to fear, nothing to worry about. Everything is given to me. Everything that I need will be supplied. God suffices me in every way. And I... In truth and in honest inquiry, have recognized that in looking upon my life, everything has been given to me. There was not a single thing that was that I got on my own, although my ego would like to say so. <laughs> I've talked long enough, guys. I love you, and I'm so grateful, so so grateful to all of mm. you. And thank you for being here with me. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Judy. Amen. This is Charles again, if everyone, I thank you for your patience and for your love and for your generosity um, and for your recognition. Uh, When we're growing up, we're always competing for attention, whether it be in grade school, whether it be in recess, whether it be for a boyfriend or girlfriend, whether it be for a family. We're all competing for attention. But for those few who realize that if they look inside and ask for God's attention, God's love, God's version of all those we interact with, and sometimes people go through great difficulty to realize that, that only through inner realization, inner vision, can they truly relate with one another? And sometimes the rose gets stepped upon and the perfume arises from the rose. And so we think that getting reward, rewarded for our specialness that we offer the world is the solution to all our problems that only separates us more and more from each other, more and more from God, and more and more for the love we share with one another. And when we hit rock bottom and we realize it's only the love that's in our hearts that are truly riches, there are true gems where the true value of life is, can we come to know 
our brothers and ourselves as one with each other and humbly give thanks for sharing the journey together as we walk home. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Charles. Thanks, Charles. This is Sandra. In the one law of God that was the most challenging for me to get <laughs> was this one. I, I got, I, I was, it was easier for me to get that I was one with God <laughs> than for me to get that I was one with my brother. And that my brother, there was no separation between me and my brother. And that my brother was going to mirror to me what was going on in my own mind. <laughs> that was really challenging for me because I wanted to project onto my brother. I didn't want to be grateful for my brother showing me what was going on inside my own mind. And, and that it was my responsibility to make a correction, <laughs> um, to, to make the correction of uh, seeing that my brother was my gift, not my enemy. So I just wanted to share that because that and and that that is cutting edge for me. It's where it's where the work is done. Is not to see my brother as an enemy, but as a gift, because he's reflecting what's happening inside my own mind. I'm complete. Thank oh, that you, was dear. so excellent, Sandra. Yeah. Yes, it was. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Sandra. That was good. Yes, I, I really feel the need to say that, that there is nothing outside of me, that all, all I see outside of me is a projection. And that's the thing. You know, we aren't taught the real, God's reality. We're taught the ego's reality. The, the real, what we consider real is perception. And that undoing of perception is what salvation is to be healed of perception and that um the conflict is nowhere else except in me that i am in opposition only to myself because everything is myself and that word aware in the text today is very meaningful to me and in my change my ability to change my perception open my mind to not believe what i see um, my body or my brother as a body and to, to see, want to see their innocence as God created them, to see them as purely spirit, incapable of doing anything that would change that and identifying totally, totally with the awareness of the changelessness in me. Help me to see the changelessness in others no matter what was appearing or what seemed to be. So that awareness, I can be aware of it. And awareness is something that comes from my heart. And it's a desire to want only to love others and a desire to want only peace for others. And that's where that that natural kindness and compassion bubbles up and, and wants to be a healer of false perception that you're doing something wrong that could hurt me or that you perceive me as hurting you that you may think that but it's simply not true that's not the truth so what the truth is what god is what love is what reality is 
are all in awareness, one and the same thing. And being in all as all is the totality of the awareness of my reality. In order to see totality, I have to see totally. I have to see it constantly and consistently within all of it, all the time. And that's a constant state of peace and love and joy. So, you know, it gets real simple to me, for me, and um, knowing who walks with me, the glory and, and the magnitude and the love of the mind of God, that he is in me and he's greater than Jude who is in the world, who doesn't know what's going on. And, you know, when she thinks she does, she gets into trouble. <laughs> Here I go, there I go. Thank you. I love you. Thank you, Judy. Uh, bearing in mind that Robin Marie uh, leaves for work a little bit early, uh, how about a space here for Robin Marie? Love to hear from you, Jim. <laughs> well, I uh, appreciate everyone's share, and yes, I do have that difficulty of uh, seeing my brother as someone who is not threatening in some way because I have been threatened. And I do appreciate having that brought up because I'm aware of that. Um, I have been aware of that for a long time. And I am putting myself into situations where there are men and seeing how God is going to work in those situations and pulling back my mistrust of man. Um, and it's going to be interesting. And I thank you for the conversation. I've got to go to work now. Bye, guys. Bye. Oh, thank bless you. your efforts. Thank you, Robin Marie. Thank you. Wish you well, my dear. Thank you. <laughs> oh, she brings up so much in me being a man myself. Oh, Lord, thank you. Ah. Hi, it's Karen. Um, I had to step off the call, and I was wondering, Lord, did you already do the review of the reading? I did not, no. Oh, good. Are you are you going to do that, or did you want to do that? I'd love to, and boy, do I appreciate Great. the invitation. Okay, um, um, can I do one little thing about the lesson? Oh, first? please. No, it's yes, just please. a one, one line. Um, let me recognize the problem so it can be solved. Yesterday I was talking to a friend, and I was telling her about a problem, and she brought me to this place where you say, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Isn't that great? Let me recognize the problem so it can be solved is not to listen to the ego who speaks first and has all these ideas of how to solve everything, but to go into the great I don't know and trust God. I'm complete. And thank you, Lori. I'm so looking forward to your review. 
Oh, thank you, Karen. You highlighted my favorite line in the lesson. In paragraph 8, it is, all that is necessary about this problem. All that is necessary is to entertain some doubt about the reality of our version of what our problems are. That's all that's necessary, entertain some doubt about the reality of our version of what our problems are. We are trying to recognize that we have been given the answer by recognizing the problem so that the problem and the answer can be brought together and we can be at peace. Of course, the problem is separation and the answer is the atonement. And when those are brought together, only one remains, the truth. All that is necessary is entertain some doubt about the reality of our version. I just love that line in the lesson. It opens it up for me. So thanks for highlighting that, Karen. I really appreciate that. No, thank that. you for highlighting that. Wow. <laughs> it does open it up, doesn't it? Um, as for a summary of this lesson, um, if I try to read these ideas together as one continuous piece, it shows me why the healer's prayer is let me know this brother as I know myself. Remember that? The healer's prayer. Let me know this brother as I know myself. So from that first paragraph, God's meaning waits in the kingdom because that is where he placed it. How can you, who are God's meaning, perceive yourselves as absent from it? You can see yourselves as separated from your meaning only by experiencing yourself as unreal. This is why the ego is insane. It teaches you, you are not what you are. You who are not at war must look for brothers and recognize all whom you see as brothers because only equals are at peace. To be in the kingdom is merely to focus your full attention on it. You who are the kingdom are not concerned with seeming. Reality is yours because you are reality. This is how having and being are ultimately reconciled on the kingdom, but in your mind. The altar there is the only reality. The altar is perfectly clear in thought because it is a reflection of perfect capital thought. It sees only brothers because it sees only in its own light. God has lit your minds himself and keeps your minds lit by his light because his light is what your minds are. The Holy Spirit's sole function is to undo the questionable and thus lead to certainty. The Holy Spirit is not asleep in the minds of the sick, but the part of the mind that can perceive it and be glad is. Therefore, healing is a science because it obeys the laws of God whose laws are true. And the real aim of science is neither prediction nor control, but only understanding. Truth can only be recognized and need only be recognized. Need only be recognized. Inspiration is of the spirit and certainty is of God according to his laws. Both, therefore, come from the same source because inspiration comes from the voice for God and certainty from the laws of God. 
Healing is nevertheless of God because it proceeds from his voice and from his laws. It is their result in a state of mind which does not know him. The Holy Spirit must work through you to teach you that he is in you. This is an intermediary step toward the knowledge that you are in God because you are part of him. The miracles which the Holy Spirit inspires can have no order of difficulty because every part of creation is of one order. When you heal, the Holy Spirit reminds you, when you heal, you are remembering the laws of God and forgetting the laws of the ego. We said before that forgetting is merely a way of remembering better. Properly perceived, it can be used as a way out of conflict that is forgetting, as all proper perception can. 35. All abilities, then, should be given over to the Holy Spirit, who knows how to use them properly. He can use them only for healing, because he knows you only as whole. By healing, you learn of wholeness, and by learning of wholeness, you learn to remember God. Your forgetting must be translated into, way, into a way of remembering and not perceived as a separate ability which opposes an opposite. Very important. 36. The Holy Spirit always seeks to unify and to heal. As you heal, you are healed because the Holy Spirit sees no order of difficulty in healing no order of healing. Healing is the way to undo the belief in differences, being the only way of perceiving the sonship without this belief. The strength of right perception, the strength of right perception is so great that it brings the mind into accord with his because it yields to his pull, which is in all of you. To oppose the pull or the will of God is not an ability, but a real delusion. God has given you a gift which you both have and are. When you do not use it, you do not know you have it. By not knowing this, you do not know what you are. Healing, then, is a way of approaching knowledge by thinking in accordance with the laws of God and recognizing their universality. In that last paragraph, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, because that is where the laws of God operate truly. God is all in all in a very literal sense. All being is in him who is all being. You are therefore in him since your being is his. Healing is a way of forgetting the sense of danger the ego has induced in you by not recognizing its existence in your brothers. This strengthens the Holy Spirit in both of you because it is a refusal to acknowledge fear. Love needs only this invitation. It comes freely to all the sonship being what the sonship is. By your awakening to it, you are merely forgetting what you are not. This enables you to remember what you are. Isn't that a splendid reading? Mm-hmm. It, to me, it, mm-hmm. it, it um, having wandered alone for uh, more than 11 years, 
and being told I need to find my people. Um, I can verify in my experience, it's very true, that revelation unites the mind with God without a doubt. The holy instant is the great transformer of perception. But at the same time, I need no, I mean no, I need know this, that miracles unite souls with one another. In other words, in order to appreciate the full, um, the full healing of the atonement, I need to recognize both its vertical and its horizontal dimensions. Without that, I will be incomplete because love needs the invitation to shine. It needs that. And the only way that I can keep that awareness in my mind is through my relationships to my brother. By discovering, I mean discovering, he wants us to discover that we are his gifts to each other. That is the sonship. The fact that we are co-creators with God establishes our relationship with each other as reality. And I can verify most certainly that the Holy Spirit what must work through me. In paragraph 34, he says it straight out. The Holy Spirit must work through you to teach you that he is in you. It's not stated directly, but when he talks about art and science of healing, he's talking about uh, miracle working, allowing the Holy Spirit to make it clear to my mind that you are my gift from God to me. My brother is my teacher. Ron Marie left already, but one, she texted me last weekend and or last week sometime anyway, and asked me if, if I could recommend any good movies. So I, you know, ding, 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 ticked off a bunch of my favorites, and then I came to my octopus teacher. Now, who would think that an octopus could be my teacher? But every brother teaches me, teaches me that love is in me. I can't do that without my brother. I can't, I cannot appreciate the sonship as one without my brother cannot appreciate creation as one without creation I cannot appreciate being a co-creator with God without brothers it's you know so many people say duality is a mistake you know um, that non-duality is is the ultimate goal of all learning and while that's true enough non-duality can't be um, at least in my experience I could not appreciate the fact that God was in me forever until I learned to recognize and appreciate and love that he's in creation it required me to break down all my walls. I mean all of them. I had to break them all down. Or better yet, allow them all to be broken down. Um, that was the only way I could learn not to fear. 
you see and and that's why every brother is God's gift to me every brother is God's gift to me he says how holy are you that the Son of God looks to you for healing how holy are you that God entrusts his son to you isn't that something behold your role in all the universe behold your role in all the universe you're called to be a savior to the holy ones the holy ones especially entrusted to your care it can make it makes me when I think of it this level of trust and the other thing that makes brother my gift is that it's the only way I can learn to trust that God will never ever abandon me why because he's put himself everywhere without that knowing the homesickness is unbearable I can tell you it's unbearable and see this gift lies dormant within us is something in you he hints at these first two paragraphs there's something in you that surely has taught taught well but you don't know it so we've always loved we've always loved but have just been unaware even in denial even in denial you know you have to you have to have some awareness of something before you can deny it you know I can deny and dissociate myself from truth till the cows come home but I must have known it first before I could deny and dissociate so there's something in me that knows God and knows brother that something I've denied and dissociated from by miracle working by allowing Holy Spirit to work through me all that I've denied and dissociated from my awareness comes full back to me and I begin to understand that all the suffering and pain and loss I ever experienced was because I could I believed that I could pluck anything from my heart it's all there it's all there all of it all creation belongs in my heart and I start to hurt myself every time I pluck myself apart by removing some aspect of creation that's how Holy Spirit must work through me to teach me that he's in me and the last thing that's implied in the art and science of healing that I think um, in my experience is really important to emphasize is that Christ guidance Christ guidance makes all of that possible you know this is a he says in the manual for teachers the power that is in us but not of us this this healers prayer let me see my brother let me know my brother as myself that power is in us but not of us so if I start thinking I have something that someone else doesn't have or uh, I'm here to to save the pitiful ones entrusted to my care I'm missing the boat altogether um, Christ guidance corrects all of that you know every oh gee whiz 
every um, miracle that I've ever been a part of required some aspect of Christ's guidance for the right word, the right key, the right approach, the right uh, phrase, the right the right something that unlocks truth. And uh, that I cannot ascertain on my own. It's impossible. And uh, to me, that's what he means when he says all abilities. Give all abilities then to the Holy Spirit who knows how to use them. And by his use of them, he makes true to me what is true in me. And for that, I need you. I need my brothers. I need every encounter that I come upon, every situation, every thing I think I'm involved with is another opportunity uh, to dialogue with Christ's mind and let Christ's mind dialogue with my brother's mind in a way that my brother can hear. And uh, this is the way uh, I learned that unity alone is not a thing of dreams. And I'm complete. Thank you, Lori. That was so beautiful. Holy Spirit just fills me when you're talking so much. Thank you for the light. And um, thank you for the review. I do have a comment, but other people want to probably thank you first. Thanks, Karen. I for, did I say the title of that movie? Uh, it was My Octopus Teacher. Um, it is a beautiful lesson in unity. If you haven't seen it, it's on Netflix. Now I'm complete. Thank you. That's great. It's always great to get a movie. Uh, suggestion for sure. When I, when I've been on spiritual path a long time too, and a lot of that time, um, my first teacher, it was all about going inward, meditating, and it really created a a, a huge um, disconnect from other people, from other humans. You know, because we were so sensitive from meditating, we couldn't even tolerate normal people. And uh, I also think we thought we were better, more evolved, because we could feel the light and feel the Holy Spirit. But um, when I started studying the Course, it first corrected my personal mental illness with fear and my mental illness with depression and it took me, it, it helped me so much to get out of like terror and things like that and guilt. But then as I was reading and reading and studying the text, I kept coming across your brother, your brother, your brother. And that you can't learn this in isolation. Jesus says you can't get there in isolation. Um, in the text reading for today, the one thing that I put like 14 stars on, you, you picked right out, of course, and it was the line, the Holy Spirit must work through you to teach you he's in you. And recently what's been going on is that 
I've been able to shift into the alignment with the Holy Spirit as if I'm meditating to feel the light while somebody is talking to me. And when you're on the phone, you can close your eyes, and it's just like the healing love and light of the Holy Spirit is flowing through me. And I, I'm not so much, I'm not so much um, going into the story of the problems of what the person is saying, but. The Holy Spirit can work through me to teach me. He's with me. I know it says in me, but it's like knowing God is with me. When I shift into that place where I know God is extending to the other person, and it's not my job to know what's happening or how it happens or to direct it in any way, but rather to just try to be um, an instrument as if I'm doing body work. When I used to be a body work person, um, I put my hands on the person and I were just empty. And anything good that was happening during the treatment was 100% God, nothing to do with me, you know, only God's grace was making it happen. So I keep trying to go to that place. Um, about my brother, I just wanted to say, um, if you perceive your brother as as anything other than your perfect equals, then an idea of competition has entered your mind. And all conflicts come from this, so we have to be vigilant against perceiving any inequality with our brothers. I think that's a really important point. Um, Because that was so prevalent in my first community, you know, We thought we were the healers. (laughs) We thought we were spiritual. This, you know, really wasn't a good thing at all. But one thing I've been finding about my brother, Sandra was just mentioning is the fact that um, when I'm out talking to people or when I'm with, quote-unquote, my brothers, I am aware of my own unhealed unhealed and unforgiven um, egoic content. And I could never be aware of that without my brother. When I was on staff in Europe with Anna, um, they sent me into the kitchen, and I was in veggie prep, but they sent me into the kitchen, and there were hot pots and, and people using big machines and these big, huge boiling pots of stuff, and I was using a slicer and I thought I was going to cut my hand off because there was so much chaos all around me. And I felt so threatened in that place because I didn't want to be in the kitchen once they asked me to be a cook. And I said, no, I don't want to be a cook. And then a couple months later, there was a huge fire and all the cooks got burned. And I was like, wow, did I call it when I said I didn't want to work on the propane stoves. You know, I knew I didn't want to work on propane stoves. But anyway, in this kitchen situation, there I was. And all my trauma from from my mother was coming up in that moment. But I could not perceive it was a healing opportunity. I thought it was real. And you could have put 10 other people in that space, and they would never have had the same experience that I was having. I was having this experience that I was going to die, I was going to cut my hand off, that they were going to spill boiling water, on, boiling soup on me. Um, you know, 
the noise level was so high. None of, nobody else would have perceived that. That was a private world, hell world, that was happening. And instead of receiving that as an opportunity for me to release my childhood, I thought it was real. And I wanted to do drugs and alcohol to get out of the pain I was in, and which I did eventually, because I couldn't cope with being triggered so much. Anyway, on a small scale, I can see that when that stuff comes up now, my brother is my healer, as, as Sandra was just saying, you know, that, that my brother's offering me an opportunity to be purified if I can perceive this correctly, if I cannot attach my, my uh, reality to it. Anyway, I don't know if that made any sense, and if I spoke too long, I'm sorry. But um, thank you so much, Lori, for holding this space today. It's so beautiful and complete. No, you didn't talk too long at all, Karen. All very, very useful. And I walked that way a while myself. So um, thank you very much. Well, it seems to me this morning uh, that this little piece from Chapter 12 and the problem of guilt and the two emotions seems like a great place to close this call. He says, do not seek vision through your eyes, for you made your way of seeing that you might see in darkness, and in this you are deceived. Beyond this darkness, and yet still within you, is the vision of Christ who looks on all in light. Your vision comes from fear as his from love, and he sees for you. He sees for you as your witness to the real world. He is the Holy Spirit's manifestation, looking always on the real world and calling forth its witnesses and drawing them unto you. That's why brother's a gift. For he loves what he sees within you, and he would extend it. And he will not return to the Father until he has extended your perception even unto him. And their perception is no more, for he has returned you to the Father with him. You have but two emotions, and one you made and one was given you. Do you believe that? Each is a way of seeing love or fear, and different worlds arise from their different visions. See through the vision that is given you. For through Christ's vision, he beholds himself. And seeing what he is, he knows his Father. Beyond your darkest dreams, he sees God's guiltless Son within you, shining in perfect radiance, which is undimmed by your dreams. And this you will see as you look with him. For his vision is his gift of love to you, given him of the Father for you. 
Amen. Let me know this, brother, as I know myself. Thank you, everyone. Uh, your very participation makes all this possible. Uh, as God's gift to us, so I'm very, very grateful.